Welcome inside the Tuesday Eastern Conference edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. I'm Ross Levitan from Locked On Senators, alongside Mike DiStefano, as always, from Locked On Leafs. And today we've got a little bit of news to get to in the Eastern Conference. A Metropolitan team has named their first captain since 2018. We had a couple signings and then, yes, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And it's usually around Christmas, but this summer... We've got World Juniors action. It begins today in Edmonton and Rendier. So we'll get a preview of the World Juniors. Still feels weird to say, but all that is coming up on today's edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. It's your team every day. Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen on this Tuesday, August 9th. The show is free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way you can help it grow is to like the video by clicking the thumbs up, subscribing to the Locked On NHL channel, and leave a comment below. What's your prediction for this summer's World Junior Championship? Mikey, do you think it's easier or more difficult to get into the tournament with what time of year we're playing it at? Yeah, it's definitely a little bit more difficult difficult just it sprung up on me man like I'll be honest I was just kind of doing my thing this weekend and I realized like oh the world championships are this week interesting like I think I saw my schedule on TSN on Friday and I saw that there was like world junior championships spliced in like the Canadian game spliced in throughout the week I'm like oh right the world championships are going on now I've totally forgot that was the thing so I think that it's you know you're not used to it so I, I'm not sure um, I'm not sure exactly like how many people are really getting into it with August hockey as opposed to, you know, the typical December, January, New Year, um, you know, hockey that we typically see in the World Junior Championships. Yeah, and a few players are taking a pass on this, preparing lot, for the upcoming season. Players. Yeah, including, you know, Jake Sanderson, who's the captain of Team USA, the first overall pick, Uri Slavkovsky for Team Slovakia, the second overall pick, Simon Nemec as well. Like, Team Slovakia had three first-round picks, Philip Mishar being the third, and none of them will be contributing to Team Slovakia's success at this tournament. But it's also going to be fun to watch some of the draft eligibles play and maybe even in a bigger role. I know Connor Bedard, I thought, I think he was leading the tournament in Christmas. Oh, yeah. After the two games. Five-point game that won, like, the last game that they played. And, yeah, he was unreal as, like, a 16-year-old. And everybody was like, oh, this guy's going to break records. And the tournament got shut down. Now imagine it, you know, eight months later, this guy's going to have an unbelievable tournament. That's the one guy who I think is must-see TV. The guy who's worth, you know – Putting the putting it on in the summer and not going outside and sitting on the couch and watching hockey in August. That's the type of player who's gonna make you do that. Hundred percent. And no Russia in the tournament because of their ongoing invasion of Ukraine. And that robs us of the Matt Vay Mitchkov versus Connor Bedard debate. But of course, some things are bigger than hockey, and there is no way that Russia should be in this tournament either. So good on Team Canada for still assembling a real good squad. I know we have listeners in the States too, but you and I, two good Canadian boys, got to touch on the fact that 
this team is still as deep as you would expect for Canada. And I think that the fact that multiple players from a, a number of countries are taking a pass on this tournament to get ready for the NHL, that's where the depth of Canada's selection is really going to shine through. I think it gives them an even bigger advantage, even though they're missing the Shane Wrights of the world that they would have had in if this was the original World Juniors, had it not been canceled. Do you see Canada as the outgoing favorite in this tournament? Yeah, I still definitely see them as a favorite here. Um, like, I know that they lost a lot of talent. So, Owen Power not returning right. to this team. Shane Wright, Cole Perfetti, Dylan Genter, Jake Neighbors, Maverick Bork, Justin Sordeep, and then their captain, Caden Gooley, also not returning for uh, the continuation from the tournament from December. So that's a lot of star power that is not coming back to Toronto um, or to uh, Canada. Edmonton. Yeah, Edmonton, 14 Canada. But, like, they, they've got some decent players that are going to be returning in favor of them. I mean, Will Dufour had himself a tournament at, uh, at the Memorial Cup, so he's going to come in. And I think that he's going to have a really good tournament. Like, he's someone I'm excited to watch. Tyson Forster, former first-round pick of the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Nathan Gaucher, first-round pick we just saw. Uh, Jack Thompson, who's draft uh, – or uh, not draft eligible, actually. He was drafted. He's lightning, year. right? Yeah, he he's lightning. Brennan Othman, Rangers, first-round pick from a couple of years back. So, you know, there's some newer guys here that wouldn't have had a chance to, to suit up for Team Canada if these other players had – you know, decided to, to come back and play. But honestly, like you said, Canada's just so deep and, and they're going to be able to still go out there and kill it. And that's on top of the McTavishes, the Kent Johnsons of the world who are still out there and who are still playing uh, for Team Canada. So they're loaded top to bottom. Maybe the defense looks a little bit less star powerish than, you know, maybe we would have liked to see with Gooley and, and Owen Power both deciding to, uh, to 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 not go. Those were kind of the two big boys in last in the tournament that they had had back in December. But in terms of the four group, I still think they got some studs out there. And goaltending is, I'm pretty sure, the exact same. Three goalies yep. are returning. So they're in a good spot there with uh, Brochu and uh, Gerard and uh, Sebastian Kosa. So I, I think Canada's in a good spot to win this tournament. I really do. An undercover guy to step up in the absence of those big names you mentioned on the back end is Olin Zellweger, who absolutely dominated the WHL this past season. 78 points in 55 games as a defenseman this year. Mikey, this guy can absolutely get the puck out of his own great skater and in the offensive zone, just patrols the blue line. Not the biggest guy, 5'10", 175, and you can bet that's the only reason he slipped into the second round for the Anaheim Ducks to snag him at 34th overall this past season, this past draft, sorry, 2021. You'd say this past draft if the World Juniors was when it should have been, but right. I'm excited to see him step up here and have a, a big tournament for Team Canada. Later on in the show, we're going to get into a bit more of a preview. We're going to draft as we do typically on Tuesdays, a little fun draft that we'll do for three forwards, two defensemen, and a goalie. Basically, who is our tournament all-star team at the World Junior? So we'll give you a bit of a primer on what names. Some other dark horses that I'm looking at is Team Sweden because they got a ton of talent. Most notably, Simon Edvinson will be participating in this tournament. He's going to step into the Detroit Red Wings lineup right away. 
I believe, after training camp. So I'm excited to see him and a few first-round picks, Liam Ogren, Jonathan Lakaramaki. I'm excited to see Team Sweden as well. Funny that we just talked about Canada. The Canadians just beat Sweden 4-3 yesterday in the final pre-tournament game. So, hey, the intensity was there. They didn't have any fans to watch the pre-tournament, but it should be a packed house in Edmonton and Red Deer. And if you want any action on the World Juniors, Mikey, where could you go? Well, you can go to betonline.ag. Uh, and speaking of AG, Athletic Greens is one of our sponsors here today. Uh, our partner, they have a product that I literally use all the time, Ross. I use this thing every single day. I started taking it. I wanted to boost my immune system and get healthy. Uh, now I've been on this for about six weeks, and I absolutely love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. Kind It's got a mild tropical taste, and I actually look forward to drinking this each and every morning. What is this stuff, you might ask? Well, with AG1, uh, a delicious scoop of this AG1 stuff. It's like absorbing 75 high-quality vitamin minerals, a whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, or you're dairy-free or gluten-free. And it costs you less than $3 per day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. And you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens has over 7,000, 7,000, Ross, five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. For every purchase, uh, Athletic Greens donates uh, to organizations helping to get nutritious foods to kids in need, including the No Kid Hungry here in the USA. In 2020, AG donated over 1.2 million meals to kids in 2020. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You are listening to the Locked On NHL podcast. I'm Ross Levitan. You can find me over at Locked On Senators, and you can find Mikey over at Locked On Leafs. It's the Battle of Ontario edition. Which Leafs prospect are you most excited to see here at the upcoming World Juniors, Mikey? Oh, I think without a doubt, it's it's got to be Connor Bedard. No, Leafs prospect. Well, Leafs prospect. Sorry, my guy. Oh, without a doubt, it's going to be Matthew Nyes then. My guy, <laughs> Matthew Nyes. Um, there you go. He, you know, I, I think that Nyes for, for Team USA, you know, he's going to be a stud. Uh, you know, he's he's grown into his body a whole eight months later. He's a little bit bigger, stronger, faster. Um, he's had a summer to work out too. That's what I'm also curious about. These players who have had like a full season and an off season to work out and get better, how much better are they going to be in this tournament than they were back in December when they had first originally played? And Matthew Nye is one of those players who I'm excited to get my peepers on this upcoming tournament. Topi Niemela also, the Finnish defenseman who was, I think he was defenseman of the year two years ago. At, at the, the tournament, uh, yeah, you're right. Tournament. So he gets to go there again. I think he's going to be a big part of what Finland's doing. Another team that I'm excited for. You like the Team Sweden. I like Team mm-hmm. Finland. I'm going to be there you go. a close eye on, on that uh, squad tonight. 
they got a Sens goalie in the pipes there, Levy Marilinen. Yep, they certainly do. I think that he's going to be a, a stub for them as well. So uh, I, I really do think that uh, those two teams, I guess, outside of Canada, I'll be keeping an eye on. But Matthew Nyes, to me, is the best least prospect in uh, in this tournament. Nice. Yeah, if the Leafs are in the running for Bedard, you got bigger problems than watching wow. uh, these two guys, the World Juniors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, for, for the Sens fans listening, obviously Ridley Gregg, third-line center. He was third-line center even when they had the Shane Wright to the world playing and the Cole Perfettis. He's just that prototypical get-under-your-skin type centerman. But since you said Niamela, there's always going to be a, a connection between him and Tyler Clevin. Ottawa traded up with the pick that ultimately became Niamela, and they took Clevin. It was maligned at the time. The Twitter scouts absolutely hated it. What's this big lumbering defenseman being taken so early? He's a, a one-dimensional guy. Seems like he's grown into it. He'll be playing top four for Team USA. And obviously, he's a friend of the show, so we're going to be cheering for Tyler Clevin, the K-Train, as we like to call him. But we'll get into some more individual guys later on in the show. We had some news, though, for a a random day in August. The Boston Bruins decided to bring the band back together. We know David Krejci went overseas to play in his native Czech Republic this past season. Well, he's back, and the captain is as well. Have a day. It's not often that you can bring in, and maybe bring in is a bit of a stretch because one of them they just re-signed, but there was a question of what was going to happen, whether Patrice Bergeron was going to retire or come back. So Don Sweeney went from having two holes in the middle of the ice to bringing in two top six forwards in the span of about five minutes. Pretty tidy work. Yes, but if I'm not mistaken, like was it not reported a month ago that Bergeron was returning? I don't know. Maybe they're just waiting to see what the cap situation was like. Because then they signed Pavel Zaka, too, to a one-year deal. Now they're over the cap. So he was waiting to help them out with the cap. I know he signed 2.5, but then if he plays 10 games, he gets another 2.5. So just give him a $5 million deal, basically. Well, yes, but that other 2.5 will go on next year's cap. So it was a way to structure the deal. Interesting. Two and a half AV. And that you have to be over, you, you have to be over thirty-five to get one of those performance bonuses, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. The Canucks did that with Halak last year when they signed him, and that's why he's got some money on their books this season because he played more than ten games. Uh, so Bergeron, it's a smart way to structure a deal. I mean, he's yep. clearly going to blow past that, but for a team that needed to get under the salary cap and even still will need to get under it, I mean, you essentially take two and a half million of that five million dollar. A salary that he's being given, and he just allocated to next year, which to me tells me they're all in this year, all in this year. With Mike, the they, they have they have four players signed at forward next season yeah. outside of sorry Oscar Steen. I'll, I'll give you that five, but four players signed past this yeah. season. They're UFAs: David Pasternak, Nick Foligno, Pavel Zaka, Craig Smith, Patrice Bergeron, Thomas Nozick, and Chris Wagner. And then I mean, you got Trent Frederick as an RFA and. David Krejci signing that one-year, $1 million contract. So, yeah, they're all in. Yeah, I, I don't like. I don't hate the team. Like, I still think that this is a playoff team. I don't, for even, with the, even with the injuries, no McAvoy, no Marshan for the first two months of the season. I know, but I think they'll stay afloat long enough, and then in the back half of the year, they'll just go on a tear. Like, if you look at their expected numbers and you dive deep into the analytics, the Bruins were a top-five 
you know, producing offense this season and a top five defense this year. They may even be the number one defensive team this year, actually. Now that I think about it, we go and look at the, you know, expected numbers on natural stat trick. I think that they'll be able to kind of get through the first couple of months, stay afloat, stay in the race, and then really go and have themselves a heck of a second half of the year. I'm a big fan of Jeremy Swayman. I know you're a fan of Jeremy Swayman. Yep. This is going to be the year that he really takes uh, takes over the net there with Rask officially, like totally gone, <laughs> not in there, you know, in the yeah. back uh, in the back of the head there. You know, they clearly still like Lena Solmark as well, but I wonder now if they need to get out of uh, get under the cap if he becomes kind of a casualty. There's a lot of teams that should be looking for a goaltender, and potentially a Lena Solmark would be that guy. Um, but I, I think that this is some tidy work done by the the Bruins and to get both Bergeron and Krejci signed for three and a half million in in uh, salary cap. Nice piece of work there by uh, by the big bad Bruins. Yeah, I, I no doubt. Hate saying that all of that. I know. <laughs> I hate saying all that. Hey, for more, go check out Locked On Bruins with Ian McLaren. I'm sure he's fired up because the Bruins were pretty quiet up until then. They were doing the, the Lou Lamorello silent treatment. Not much going on. I know they acquired Pavel Zaka, but I hadn't signed him. But now they get all their work done in one day, bringing those three back. And to me, the interesting part, you mentioned about them staying afloat. They're going to be leaning on the older players. I know they still have that X-Factor superstar in David Pasternak. But beyond that, like Bergeron Krejci, you're going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting in the first half of the season. And I just wonder if when these other guys get back, not Bergeron, but more Krejci, 38 years old, didn't even play in the NHL last yeah, year. I don't have high high expectations on David Krejci. Like, Do you think he's the third-line center then and, and Zaka slides in in that two-spot, or it's kind of interchangeable middle I six? It's interchangeable. Like, this has always been a one-line team anyways. Like, they've always been so top-heavy. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, you know, I'm not expecting Krejci to come in and put up 50, 60 points. Like, I'm just not. Uh, he, I mean, he might. I guess he finally has some decent line mates. Uh, to do it, I suppose, because he'll be playing with Taylor Hall, who can, you know, put the puck in the back of the net. But I'm not expecting a like this isn't going to be the David Krejci of old. But it's not like he didn't play last year. Like he still played hockey, just not in the NHL, right? So he's not completely rusty. Yeah, 46 um, points in 51 games in the Czech League. Yeah, I, but then again, then, I mean, Philip Schlappick led that league in scoring, and he couldn't even make a fourth line role in the NHL. Schlappick. I know. I looked that up yesterday. Dude, he had 76 points in 50 games. Must be fun for him, at least. Yeah, I mean, it, it's always funny when you look at the European um, stat leaders and you see all these, like, oh, yeah. flameouts who are always up at the top. But Linus Olmark comes to mind. Not Olmark. Uh, Olmark. Remember the guy who did oh, the spinorama yeah, yeah. in Edmonton? Yeah, yeah. He was always a Euro superstar. He always was, too. But, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't have high expectations <clears throat> on Krejci, but I think that they'll be they'll be fine. I mean, they got enough defense and goaltending and <coughs> sorry, healthy pass. Oh, good. That's what happens when a Leaf fan has to talk well about the Bruins. That's exactly what it is. Exactly <laughs> what it is. But um, okay, let's get into uh, Jacob Trouber real quick. I thought that was pretty interesting. Kevin Weeks broke the news late last night, and the New York Rangers officially announced today that Jacob Truba is their twenty eighth captain. 28th captain. I think that's noteworthy in itself. That has to be top, if not top three, most captains in the league. But Jacob Truba is the first captain since 2018. It's been vacant since Ryan McDonough left. They had 24 assistant captains last year, at least it felt like. 
I think they had six alternate captains. But um, what are your thoughts, Jacob Truba, getting the C in New York? Got, like a little weird. I, Very I, weird. He wasn't the at the top of my list. Like I thought maybe Kreider would have been a good option. Zabanejad maybe a decent option. I, I guess Panarin could have been a, a guy you looked at as well. I would have even gone Ryan Lindgren. That guy's heart and soul. Like uh, Truba's just weird to me. I've, I'm saying that a little tongue in cheek, but it's just weird to me. He's a guy who's often in the middle of controversy with questionable hits. You'd think you'd want your captain to be a guy who's you know available for all 82 games. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, there's that too. Adam Fox could have been a, a yeah, right there. Like, so yeah, it was a little bizarre to me that uh, they landed on 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 Truba. That said, I am a big Truba fan. Like, I love such his a Gerard game. Gallant play though. He loves the rough and tumble players. I love his game too. Like, I really, really do. And and that's why I have him in a in a, a fantasy league and in, in a dynasty league. Someone tried trading for him the other day. I'm like, no, this guy's incredibly valuable. He eats yep. minutes. He eats pucks for breakfast, lays big hits, and he, you know, he he puts up a modest production as a blue liner. Um, but hey, man, we don't know what goes on in in the locker room. Maybe he's a locker room glue guy for that squad, and and it makes a whole lot of sense to to people in that organization and people in that room. Uh, but from the outside looking in, it, it, it's it's a little strange, a little strange That's- that they landed on Jacob Truba. That's a thing, right? I always find it funny. Everyone who has like such a, a like fast, hard line stance on a captaincy. It's like you've been in the room for zero minutes. Like they just yeah. had all of last season together to figure out who the guy was, who the glue guy is in that room. And they decide on Jacob Truba. So for better or worse, there it is. It's the fourth straight American captain for the New York Rangers as well. So they uh, they yeah, clearly... Nice. Are, are sticking uh, to the home country here. And uh, can you name the, the last three? Uh, the last three there would have oh, been. McDonough. Ryan McDonough was there. And Gomez the captain there at one point. No. Uh, captain it's a tough question. I'm throwing T out of the blue. Oh, man. Now, okay, so. One so of them you should Yager. get for sure. So He's after an ESPN analyst now. ESPN analysts. Yep. Now I'm blanking. Ryan Callahan. Oh, is, yeah, that's right. Is I, next. I totally should have known Ryan Callahan. Yes, and then, and then the GM right now, Chris Drury, was the third last captain for the. Yeah, know, I wouldn't. Rangers. I would. I wouldn't got Drury. I always remember Drury as uh, as a Buffalo Saber. The co-captain. It was him and Briere. <laughs> One wore the C at home and one wore the C on the road. That's got to be the last team that ever oh, did that. Danny Briere was a, a New York Ranger? No, no. You said with Buffalo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was going to say. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. But that had to be the last time that, that a team split captaincy duties. If you have another one that you remember, throw it in the comments because that to me is just an all-time weird play. Even yeah. weirder than having six alternate captains like the Rangers had last year. But no more. Well, now the, the max have, will be four. The Leafs have the alternating A. Matthews gets it at home, and Mara yeah, gets it on the road. That's okay. That's okay. The six, though, three on at home and three different guys on the road. That's one. That yeah, that I can handle. That's true. Six, man. They're gonna sell out of those uh, those patches at the team store in New York if if you gotta have that many guys on. All right. All that to say, nice little bit of news 
coming in for a mid-August. There is no such thing as the dog days of summer when the World Juniors are here. One of my favorite events each and every year. Who are we most excited to see? We're going to draft our starting lineup of World Juniors right after a quick word from our friends at Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to Built.com right now and see all the amazing flavors. And the cool part is they're always coming out with new flavors. I just got my most recent order of Built Bars in the mail, and I absolutely love them. I have them after a workout. I have them after, um, you know, sometimes I like to eat a little light of a breakfast just so I can save room for my protein bar. Eh, eh, tastes like candy bar, but it is actually protein bar. You have to really think about it because when you're eating it, you're like, man, I almost feel guilty. It's like, should I be eating this after a workout? Yeah, it's good for you because it's low in calorie, high in protein. Check them out yourself at Built.com. The variety is unmatched in the protein bar world. Go see them for yourself, Built.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. If you put in the promo code Locked On, you get 15% off. Boom, just like that. Save the shipping. It's easy. Get addicted. We recommend getting the mixed box of Built Bars. You can try the puffs too. The puffs are legit. Super tasty, but you can get whatever you like. Go see the variety right now at Built.com. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You're listening to the Locked On NHL podcast with Ross and Mike on Tuesday. We cover the Eastern Conference, and make sure that you're making another Locked On show your second listen of the day. Mikey, what's going on at Locked On Leafs these days? Well, it's you know it's it's, it's a slow news day, but today we did Similar to what we're doing today, we ended up talking a little bit about the Bruins signings and, you know, how that impacts the division and then uh, did a little bit of teeing up with the World Juniors. So we'll be following along with the World Juniors. Actually, we're going to have a special guest. We're going to have a little bit of a Ooh. hockey card segment coming up there you uh, go. this week. Uh, so that'll be fun. Um, GTA Sports Cards uh, is going to join us and just talk a little bit about the market. I could I actually opened up a couple of boxes that's some nice little hits right here. If you want a little, you want a little show. Let's go, let's everyone watching on YouTube. Let's see it. Yeah, let's show a couple of the the main hits. I opened up the SP Authentic box. Friggin' thing cost me like three hundred bucks for the thing. Are you but serious? Anyways, oh, dude, it's it's an expensive hobby these days. Very expensive. Sheesh. But first card, uh, one of the cooler ones, uh, rookie patch auto, Adam Boquist. Ended up okay. getting a uh, little patch auto there out of 100. Hawks fans are shivering right now because that's just another reminder of the Seth Jones trade. Yeah, absolutely it is. And speaking of Hawks fans, also got another Hawks auto. It was uh, Kirill, uh, or not Kirill, no, this is Philip Kurashev. Okay. Kurashev retro future watch auto there. Cool little Ryan O'Reilly auto. Got uh, this is the Kirill the Thrill Future Watch Retro. It's pretty sweet, actually. Out of 500, yeah, sick. really sick cards worth like 150 bucks, which is not too shabby. This is what I hate when people do this or when Upper Deck does this. Rather, did you ever collect cards like mm, way back? Way back, so did yeah, you so not as a hobby where I even knew what they were worth. I just Fair thought they looked enough. cool, they were shiny, and I was a big stats guy on the back. Just opened up some packs and looked at the back and didn't really care about value or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I hate when they do this, but, you know, I guess Dylan Cousins did not sign his uh, his future watch auto and it comes in a little. Oh, thing. yeah. It's just not there. It's a redemption and you got to scratch it off and send in for it. And then what? when he finally gets to it and signs them, they'll send them off to everybody. 
Wow. Uh, so it didn't come in the box itself, so I didn't get that. Oh, cool, Dylan Cousins autograph. <laughs> now I gotta wait and send it in and wait for him to get around to it. Uh, so get to it, Dylan. I know you're listening. Yeah, exactly. Let's go, man. Yeah. We, we got a, we got a fun guest coming up on Friday too. Locked on Senators, not Josh Norris. We're having the old man on. We're having jo- Dwayne Norris on the show. Josh Norris is old man. And uh, he, he's a Newfoundlander, so I'm already fired up just Whoa, for that. Boy. How are you going to understand that guy? He also scored the gold medal winning goal for Team Canada at the 1990 World Juniors, which brings us go. to the World Juniors this year. Yeah, I got to ask him, be like, because his mom's American, Josh, and uh, he, he grew up in Michigan. I'm going to be like, were you a little heartbroken? He chose to represent the States because he's got the, mo- the duo passport. All the boys on the Sens call him Noof, so... You know, there's that, but I'm excited to chat with him. It'll be fun. So lots of great content on the Locked On NHL channel for all 32 teams from the Seattle Kraken to the New York Rangers and everything in between. Make sure you're making another Locked On NHL show your second list of the day. And here on the flagship show later on this week, I'm sure everyone will be covering the World Juniors in depth as we will continue right now with our draft. And you know what? I think actually I'll give you the choice because we'll do one. Should we do two and three? I don't know if if this draft if is it long enough. I think there's enough options. Do you want to take take two and three, or do you want to take the first overall pick? I don't care. I guess I'll go two and three. All right, I'll lead off with Connor Bedard, the most exciting player in the tournament, the best player in the tournament, and he's only 17. Unbelievable that. Uh, that he's putting up the numbers that he does, both in the WHL. I got a few live viewings of him this past year, Regina and Winnipeg in the same division. He is He's worth the price of admission just on his own. The way he shoots off his back foot, shoots from any position, and then the hands to match the vision. This guy is just, he's going to be, I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but he's going to have the impact that, that the Kirill Kaprizovs, even even maybe higher. I don't want to say the you know Crosby McDavid, but he's as close as we've seen uh, to that since. The next one is what they're touting him as, right? right. The generational talent. It's what he's being touted as. That's, the best yeah. prospect since Connor McDavid. Will he be Connor McDavid? Maybe not, but he is the he's best so prospect sick. since Connor McDavid. He's um, so sick. All right, so I've got two picks here. So I'll go ahead and I'll take uh, I'll going to go with mason mctavish ah there goes my my strategy was to just take team canada's top line yeah no so i'm <laughs> taking mason mctavish because that kid's gonna have a hell of a tournament um kind of be the, the the biggest baddest in the yard in a way uh so i'll take mason mctavish and then i'm gonna go ahead and take the the top goaltender in this uh in this tournament and have myself the best goalie by far that's yes for wallstat of uh team sweden so I'm going to go ahead and take Wallstab for former first-round pick of the Minnesota Wild. Should have been the Edmonton Oilers, but they screwed up. Uh, That's so gonna, crazy to me. I'm going to go with Wallstab as, as my third pick. All right. I like that. Uh, with the fourth overall pick, I mentioned him earlier, but Simon Edvinson with Team Sweden. He's going to be the biggest minute-munching defenseman in this tournament. He's like 6'5". Again, a man amongst boys. Similar. He's going to be the defensive version to what we saw with Mason McTavish. And it makes sense. Those guys were both top five picks in the 2021 draft, or top six, if I'm not mistaken, right in the mix. I'm going to take the other one with my next pick. But Simon Edvinson, Team Sweden, 
He's, to me, the best defenseman in this tournament. A tournament without power, without Sanderson. You look at Edmondson as the guy in this tournament. And then going back to Team Canada and that other top pick from 2021, Kent Johnson. A a video game type player. And a guy who, the better players he's with, the more he'll impact the game. Because it's his vision and he needs other guys to finish off for him. He's not going to be the pure goal scorer that, say, a Connor Bedard or a Mason McTavish will be. I think he'll probably end up playing with Mason McTavish at, at many points. And on the power play with him and Bedard. Just a, a weapon and a guy who's going to make the NHL, I think, right out of training camp and could be a perfect fit next to Johnny Goodrow. Great little story. He wore number 13 in Columbus last year because he grew up idolizing Johnny Goodrow, and now he ends up giving his number to him, and they're going to play on the same team. But first, Kent Johnson is going to make his impact felt at this tournament. So with the fourth pick, Simon Edmondson, with the fifth pick, Kent Johnson. Well, with the sixth pick, I'm going to take Kent Johnson's former teammate at Michigan, Luke Hughes, defenseman, okay. uh, the New Jersey Devils draft pick, brother of Jack and Quinn, uh, defenseman for Team USA, Luke Hughes. And this kid looks like he's going to be an absolute monster. So happy to have him anchoring my blue line. And to go along with him, I think we go with Logan Cooley. Logan okay. Cooley, nice. went third overall this year to the Arizona Coyotes, who they selected over Shane Wright. Uh, but I think Logan Cooley is going to have himself one heck of a tournament as well. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and select Cooley with my seventh overall pick. All right. Who are you playing on the wing? You playing McTavish on the wing or Cooley? Uh, probably McTavish, actually. All right. I got my little graphic working here, so... There we go. All right, I like the pick, though. Cooley's going to be great. I'm going to stick with Team USA here and take their captain, Brock Faber. Brock Faber was just traded to the LA Kings, or sorry, from the LA Kings to the Minnesota Wild in exchange for Kevin Fiala. He is just your three-zone defender, but who leans offense, which is perfect because I'm pairing him with Simon Edmondson, who's going to take care of the back half. But he's just an offensive weapon. He's a guy who really came into his own this past season. And to me, he's... He, he jumps to be the top prospect for the Minnesota Wild, and that's a deep prospect pool that they have. But I'm taking Brock Faber here with my – it's uh, eighth overall, Brock Faber. And then I, I'm in a bit of a grind here, but during the pre-draft process, I absolutely loved what this guy brought. So I'm actually going to stick with the Minnesota Wild prospect pool and take Liam Ogren from Team okay. Sweden. He is, you know, that prototypical power forward, but sick hand, smooth, smooth skater. And I just think the whole package, and he'll get plenty of opportunity on Sweden's top line. It's funny. They have the opportunity to keep a line together from Jurgarden of Ogren, Oslin, and Lakaramaki all play yeah. together in the same league team. So maybe that chemistry carries over. But Liam Ogren, I'm taking it at, uh, as my final forward here. So my, my line here is Ogren, Bedard, and Kent Johnson. I'll bring a little bit something different to the table. And it, it, I mean, it should. You should play those guys because in a tournament like this, you don't have much time to establish chemistry. So if you already have guys who are on the same team and can play together, play them together. Just yep. makes a lot of sense. All right. Um, next up, I'm going to take a Toronto Maple Leafs draft pick and a guy who was the best defenseman two years ago in this tournament. Topi Niemela is going to be my other defenseman alongside Luke Hughes. And then with my uh, final pick in the draft, I'm debating on two people, kind of three people actually. I'm debating whether or not I want to double down on my Maple Leafs and go with Matthew Nice, who I think is going to have an <laughs> unreal tournament. 
But also, Yoakam Kemmel. I'm big on Yoakam Kemmel. I think that he's going to be a stud. He fell in the draft, and, and Nashville got an absolute steal. Yeah, um, that's crazy. He fell, what, 19th or something like that? Uh, just Way a too massive long. steal. So I think I'm going to go with um, – oh, where would you lean? Who would you lean? Nyes, Kemmel, or even Brad Lambert. One of those three. Yeah. Yeah, oh man, um, I'm in a bit of a pickle. I, I'd probably stay away from Lambert. He was sick though at the other World Junior, so maybe that that alternates. I was I wasn't really high on him uh, throughout the draft, and I know some people are probably laughing at me because he does have super skill. Um, he's just such boot. He's so I, 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 if those are the two options, then I'll probably go Nyes. Yeah, all right, I'm gonna go with Matthew Nyes, and you know, keep the the Leaf fans happy with me. <laughs> Go get my guys, Nyes and Topi Nimala. Look at that cluster of power forwards that I've assembled. McTavish, Cooley, and Nyes. That's going to yeah. be an offline to play against, my friend. 100%. So let us know who you think wins this draft. I'm going to pull up the screenshots of our lineups here right now if you're watching on YouTube. But to run through it, Mikey's got Cooley between McTavish and Nyes, Luke Hughes and Topi Nimala on the back end, and then in goal, Jesper Wallstead, and that leaves me to finish off with the final pick. And I knew once you took a goalie early that I could just wait till my last pick to yeah. take Sebastian Kosa out of Team Canada, the Edmonton Oil Kings. And he's what I love about Kosa is that he played on such a wagon in Edmonton this year. He's used to only facing 15, 18 shots, and that's how it's going to be for Team Canada throughout this tournament. If he If he faces more... Most goalies, they, they do better the more they face. But it's keeping that mental strength when the puck's at the other end. And then all of a sudden, it's a two-on-one or three-on-two the other way. How are you going to be able to stay calm, make the save, no rebound? I think Costa's got enough experience on that. And, I mean, it doesn't hurt that he's six foot six as well. Funny that he and Wallstead were the first two goalies picked in 2021. And, hey, if Stevie Y picked Costa over Wallstead, I will too. I'll stick with I'm, – I'm basically going with the Iser plan here with Edvinson as yeah, well. You are. Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> I didn't love Kosa's uh, tournament at the uh, Memorial Cup. Didn't love it, yep. to be honest with you. Uh, and, I don't know, Duran looked pretty good for Team Canada in last night's win over Sweden. Yeah. So I don't even know if Kosa's going to end up wow. becoming the starting goaltender when all said and done. Wow. It might be Duran suiting up in the gold that medal would, match. We'll that see. would be wild. And then here's Mikey's squad as well here. McTavish, Cooley, Nyes, Hughes, Nimella, and Walsh. I'm fired up. That draft made me even more fired up for this World Juniors because even though there's some top-end players sitting it out, there will still be plenty of talent at this year's World Juniors. Mikey, any final thoughts here before we go? That was fun getting back to it. I know we took last week off, a little midsummer vacation, but we're back and uh, we'll have continuing coverage next week when we chat. It will be the day off after the preliminary rounds and before the quarterfinals. So it'll be great timing for us to regroup on the World Juniors. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Expecting some uh, exciting stuff over the next couple of weeks and go Canada, go. Sorry, All right. our American listeners, but uh, look right behind Ross's shoulder there. You'll know where our allegiance lies. Oh, gold Canada gold. All right, for Mike DiStefano, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On NHL podcast, your team every day.